0: Welcome to Beyond the Small Talk, podcast for leaders and educators, hosted by me, Andrew Howey, and you, Alice Beveridge.
1: On our show, we delve deeper than the surface level small talk and explore the important topics of well-being and self-care in the education sector. We understand the challenges and demands that come with being a leader or educator, and our goal is to provide you with some practical tips, strategies and resources to help you prioritise your own well-being while still excelling in your role.
0: So join us as we discuss a variety of topics related to self care, mental health and work life balance with experts and educators who have first hand experience navigating these issues. Let's take a step beyond the small talk and prioritize our own well being so that we can be the best version of ourselves for our students and our colleagues. Good afternoon Alice, how are you?
1: I'm all right. I'm. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm absolutely knackered, but I'm good. How are you? I
0: am. I am good. I feel a little bit the same. I'm been in school this morning, so this is we're recording this in the afternoon. This morning, I've been in a, a secondary school delivering some sessions to S fives who have just come back from study leave. So, if you think you're knackered, you should see some S fives and S sixes who have been on study leave for three weeks, or actually oh. they've been on study leave for longer. But some of them hadn't had an exam for three weeks, so they've just been. I mean, just doing it, like, whatever. I remembered that when I was in study leave, because you'd only had the four channels or five channels at that point, I spent one study leave just watching the Cricket World Cup. how like, that is that is my idea of a nightmare now. But I just, like, you do anything just to stay in bed.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you know, I've actually been in schools quite a lot recently as well, and I had sixth years last week on their first day of sixth year. And, uh, yeah, there were definitely some tired faces there. I was even in schools yesterday, but, do you know, slightly sprightlier, Faces because it was primary sevens getting ready to move up to S1 and they were an absolute delight to work with so yeah I think both of us have been on the road a lot or very busy over the last couple of weeks and as every school teacher I have uh, spoken to in the last couple of weeks has reminded me it's only a few weeks till the summer holidays.
0: Not long to go. We're so lucky to, to work with these pupils at transition time, I think, with the primary sevens going into S1 and the start of S4, S5, S6. It's quite exciting when I speak to the, the workshop I do with the S6s. It's very much about like, this is your year. You're the S6s. What do you want to do this year? How are you going to make this school amazing? How are you going to like? So it's quite a nice time to speak to them. Um, but yes, it is that that bit of lots of fun, but also the holidays are coming.
1: Yeah I've always found this this time of year in secondary school is quite funny as well because in one way you're like totally winding down for summer but because all the year groups change for those last few weeks it's like the start of something new as well so you've kind of got that oh that excitement of like when we start a new project or when something changes you get that buzz but then there is the kind of Oh, right, it's so the final push, final push now until we, until we get a good break and can switch off and recharge and relax.
0: I never understood that until going into teaching that how necessary the summer holidays were for the teachers, for the staff, but for the kids, everyone, because you get to these couple of weeks. And whether it's because, you know, the holidays are coming or whether it's just the, the end of a big like um, year, you just get to this point and I think everyone's just getting to that bit. We're a wee bit tired. We're a wee bit miserable. There's a lot of demands at this time of the year. There's reports, there's staff meetings, there's parents' nights, there's shows, there's assemblies, there's transition, there's new timetables, there's new classes. Yeah. I spoke last year about when you get a new class, you always feel like they don't like you as much as they like the last teacher. And you always feel, I don't like them as much as I like the last class. There's so much going on emotionally and it's just like crawling to the holidays. It's almost like at the end of like a big sporting season or when I was finishing my marathon, like that bit of like, there's a mile to go. Just get through that mile by any means imaginable.
1: Yeah. Well, it, you know, it was our school summer fair this last weekend um, and that always for us is like, it's a big deal because it's small village, small school, but our fundraising team do a phenomenal job and it's like a combination of a race. So My husband, the runner, um, has the habit of organising a race. And you know my feelings on running, Andrew. Like, we have enjoyed your journey of the marathon, but I think I've made it fairly clear that, that's not how I enjoy spending my time, but there is this sort of annual race for our um, summer fair. So there's like a 2K kids race, there's a 5K trail race and a 10K trail race. I'll be honest, it's tough, right? Everyone's like, oh, it's a nice little village fair race. It's a tough race, um, but it was at the weekend and I had a moment, I'll, I'll, I'll fully ex- explain the setup and how I get dragged into this, but I had a moment where I was thinking about you because I was like, this final push is quite extreme. And my, I thought my final push was quite extreme because I got roped in, Andrew. Against my better judgment, I got roped into the 2K kids race, right? And I was thinking, right, I can just about cope with that. That's about my distance. And better than that, my darling husband had asked me to sweep the race, which basically means I go at the back, Make sure that everybody makes it to the finish line, pick kids up, patch up their knees, keep them moving, pull them out of the bush that they're having a snooze in, whatever it is, and make sure everyone gets it. I was like, that right there is the job for me.
0: Now That sounds like a dream job because it was uh, this weekend was incredibly hot. So good job you're at the back trying to just sweep the people up because I can imagine the heat that you were running in.
1: Yeah, and you know how I have a habit of making things more challenging for myself than is altogether necessary? Last year, so I got talked into this last year, so I'll be completely honest, I knew exactly what I'd signed up for, but me and my husband had had a chat last year of, oh, wouldn't it be funny if you ran it in like fancy dress? And I was like, sure, it's the kid's race, I'll get involved. And for my husband's 40th birthday, which was a few years ago, He was gifted by his wonderful wife, me, um, an inflatable dinosaur costume. So last year I ran this as an inflatable T-Rex, mildly terrified a small child and set a precedent for myself, shall we say. So once the race details came out again people started going to me, are you running as a dinosaur again? Are you running as a dinosaur again? Are you running as a dinosaur again? And I'm like, I am not running as a dinosaur again. That costume was a nightmare. So instead, this year, I thought, let's make it even harder for myself. I'm going to run as an inflatable giraffe, right? Now, you've seen the photos. We'll share the photos. This is probably one of the worst ideas I've ever had in my life because you know how you just forget the trauma of something stupid that you've done before. You know, like your marathon's long enough ago now. Like, have you started thinking, oh, maybe I'll do another one. Maybe that's a good idea.
0: I think I'm in the ballot. Well, when the ballot for next year comes, that'll be the big moment if I get in again, when you realise, oh, I signed up for that again.
1: Yeah, why am I doing it again? And as I say, I had a moment. So I'm going to be honest, getting the costume, awesome. One of the coolest costumes I've ever seen in my life, right? This big inflatable giraffe thing. Tried it on in the house, thought that's brilliant, made sure it was all inflating and whatnot. Um, I knew what I was setting myself up for because I'd done it in the dinosaur costume before. But the giraffe costume was better because the dinosaur costume, you had to stick your hands out the arms. So the big head like flopped about all over the place and basically just smacked me in the face for the whole race last year the giraffe's hands were enclosed. And I was like, that's cool. I can use that to keep my head sort of straight while I'm running and avoid the forehead bruising that I injured but you're putting last your heads
0: up, You're putting your hands up above your heads to hold the head of the giraffe up.
1: Yeah. So let's just say like, I'm not at my fittest at the moment, right? I, I am generally quite fit, but I'm definitely not from a cardiovascular perspective at my fittest right now. So I thought running a 2K, that's fine. I can probably do that. Running a 2K in a daft costume, sure why not it'll be really funny running a 2k in a daft costume on the hottest day of the year with my arms above my head the entire way to keep the costume up using one arm like a little windscreen wiper to like (laughs) wipe my own sweat and breath off of the little window that you have to look out of this thing this was great fun for about the first 50 meters (laughs) and then I'm going to be honest as those kids pulled away from me I had a moment of Alice what are you doing why are you doing this this is ridiculous and it, this race goes around a sort of a rectangle field and luckily there was a small young child who was just toddling in front of me because otherwise I wouldn't have been sweeping the race I'd have just leaned down in a bush and had to cry but this little one in front of me sort of kept me going but there were moments on that course where Like at one point I was thinking of you because I was thinking you've just finished the marathon and you like that final push, that final couple of kilometres takes, takes a lot of energy. But I was also thinking, God, I'm going to get to the end of this. And I'm thinking I'm never doing this again. Never doing it again. I'm never doing it again. And then by the time I got down to the summer fair bit with the barbecue, somebody went to me, what are you going to run as next year? I was like, oh, new costume. Let's do it all over again. And within 45 minutes of my life I felt like I went through the entire cycle that I used to when I was teaching in an academic year of loads of excitement and enthusiasm getting off to a flying start questioning my life choices for a little while thinking oh god would this is never going to end thinking the end is in sight and then of course there was just a little hill just a little finisher up to that finish line. But then we got to the end and it was incredible because my two kids had run it as well and they'd beaten me by like 20 minutes. Um, But they both ran up and like hugged the giraffe and gave the giraffe its medal. And I just had this moment of, oh, this is so awesome. And then I stupidly stood in the costume for another half an hour just to amuse the children because I thought the horror of me covered in sweat Literally had my own sweat pooling around my ankles at this point, as I I do not need to traumatise these children anymore. But it was glorious and ridiculous and brilliant all at the same time.
0: And thank you for sharing that image with us. You don't want to traumatise the children, but shared that happily. Oh yeah, I'll
1: traumatise you and the listeners, absolutely. But when you asked me today, how are you doing? I'm like, it's Thursday today. The race was on Sunday. I'm still gubbed. I'm gupped. I'm
0: knackered. We are at the uphill at the end of the race. I feel that's with the academic term coming into the summer. Like, I can see that with with my friends who are teachers, uh, the sort of when, when we meet teachers, and just also, we are not tied to the school curriculum in the same way. We don't have those same holidays, but it's our busiest time of year as well. We're really busy, and then you have that break. So, there are just a few weeks left in Scotland before we have that summer holiday. So, Alice, how do we, let's go beyond the small talk then, how do we look after ourselves to make sure we make it to the end so you're at the bottom of that hill, there's not a long distance to go, your hands are up in the air, eh, those moments, like how do we make sure we don't just trip up, give up, yeah, fall so out I with think our friends? This-
1: This is where we need to realise that, first of all, these energy cycles are quite normal and natural. Yes, if we choose the educator life, we know that there's going to be these kind of long stretches and then those moments where we get to stop. But I think we need to really look at what rest is and the importance of rest. Like, If I think about my week this week, one good night's sleep hasn't been enough, you know, because although... There was just that race, It was all the build up and everything and just spinning all the plates and all of that of just general life beforehand. So if I'm really honest, I was tired going into that. So when we look at rest, it's actually about much more than just physical rest. There's there's seven different types of rest that are generally recognised as being important and we need different types at different times, Um, and often when we're knackered, but I don't know about you, but when I'm really tired, I actually find sleep really difficult. I sleep like a log most of the time, but the more tired I am, the worse the quality of my sleep is. I don't know if that happens to you or not.
0: I think so, and sometimes it's when I'm really tired, I don't I fall out of the sleep patterns or routines because I won't go to bed because I just, that's not what I want. I want to sit and I want to be on the sofa because I don't have the energy to go to the, like there's these things that just knock me out of my strides, which definitely does happen. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. The fact that when you need that physical rest, that lie down go to sleep, that's sometimes not the thing that's coming easily to you.
1: Yeah, and I think at this point, it can be really important to recognize that physical rest comes in different forms. Uh, we've got passive physical rest, which is sleep and naps. I'm the biggest advocate of naps in the entire world. My husband can't nap if he naps he's like he's either gone for eight hours or he can't sleep whereas I can fall asleep anywhere anytime. Um, we, Me and him went traveling when we were sort of in the early stages of our romance and the one thing that he learned about me there is I will I can sleep on the back of a tuk tuk driving down the middle of like the busiest street in Bangkok. I can sleep on a riverboat. I can sleep on a camel. I can literally sleep anywhere. Right. So there's those, the, the, there's that like passive type of rest that is sleep and naps and that works differently for different people some of us have a really good relationship with sleep have good sleep hygiene others maybe have a slightly more elusive relationship with sleep and obviously that's tied into things like mental well-being sleep cycles productivity cycles I think we've maybe touched on bits of this before in terms of like when we do stuff and how we do stuff and just because I'm a I can get up and do that at five o'clock in the morning doesn't mean that you can get up and do that at five o'clock in the morning. So physical rest is one part of it. But as well as being passive, we also have what's known as active physical rest. Um, And this is different from exercise, right? Often people think, well, if you're being active and physical, that must be like cardiovascular exercise. Whereas actually passive physical rest is much more about low impact slow movement so whether that's gentle walking stretching um, people that are into tai chi or qigong um, or yoga or some of these much more sort of very slow progressive stretching activities are a really good way of resting your body because often like we will carry tension in our jaw or our neck or our shoulders and these activities are quite a good way of loosening ourselves off So I guess number one type of rest that we do need and like we cannot live without for long periods of time is physical rest. So I think we need to acknowledge that. And I don't don't know about you, but I remember hitting the summer holidays and like the first week at least I was like a zombie. I was like, I would sleep all day. I basically turned into some sort of like I don't know, swamp monster. I was like, I'm in my pyjamas. I'd almost, I'd almost hope that it rained the whole of the first week. So I had an excuse just to like cuddle up in my jammies and hide from the world for a little while.
0: We often go on holiday the first week of the holidays. So that's what we're doing this year. The first week is is go somewhere. So get on a plane or, or drive somewhere. So that's what we're doing. And quite often that is because it's maybe not the physical rest in terms of sleep. But I do think when we're abroad, you probably with young. My kids are quite young, so you do go to bed, and they do sleep a little bit longer when we're when we're away. So yeah, that that's what we tend to do. We're we're away, and we're, we're we're reading, we're sitting down, we're we're relaxing and getting that sleep, and also loads more naps when we're on holiday by the pool as well.
1: Yeah, and that's what that really falls into what I would refer to as the second category of rest, which is mental rest. Like a holiday is the best. Possible mental rest we can get usually. And I know that holidays mean different things to different people. We are currently hitting the kind of all inclusive by the pool holiday stage because two young kids. But for other people, like an adventure in a city or hiking up a mountain, even if it's really active, like that mental rest comes from just having a break from the day to day. Um, Obviously, we can't just go on holiday all the time, every time that we're tired, but that's where it can be quite important to think. Well, how do we factor in those little rests um, during our working day? So, for lots of people, that's they go to the gym, you know, and that's their mental rest for the day. Although they're physically active, it's their mental break. Other people read, other people sew, you know, whatever it is that you do you might be listening to a podcast, you know, you think I want to switch my brain off, but maybe like I'm, I, when I'm tired, and I'd actually, this is really, really true for me this week in particular, and probably the last couple of weeks, because I've been really tired. And there's been lots going on. My brain hasn't really stopped. And I've found that if I'm in silence, my brain is just going into overdrive. You know, I'm just like, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. So I have literally had podcasts on constantly, like while I'm doing everything apart from like delivering training if I'm tidying the kids rooms I've got a podcast on if I'm driving I've got a podcast on I've had it on while I've been riding the horse you know I've like at all times I've had that even while I've been going to sleep which normally I'm like I don't recommend I recommend like relaxations or things like that I use the cam app and it kind of like switches my brain off most things Harry Styles has a story on that I fall asleep listening to Harry Styles pretty much every night but it's a real indicator for me if I'm wanting that constant like audio input that my brain's really tired because it's directly giving me something to focus on so that mental rest is really about being in a place where we can just switch off completely and, and a few weeks ago when I was on holiday totally had that right now I'm like oh my brain's busy I need I need it again
0: I can't remember the the name of the podcast I'd listened to, but it was about sleep habits and there was a really good bit. It said, during the day, just find like a bit of time where you just do something which is quite relaxing. Just sit down and it talks about like, if you play a guitar, just pick up the guitar and just strum away at that for a wee bit or doodle on a bit of paper. And if you're tired that time was a sort of like downtime in your day. You might just find that you sort of drift off for a couple of minutes. And if you're not, well, it's a wee bit of that mental rest, I think, that you're speaking of. Um, And one of the, the students on the work we do with the... The, the people down in Manchester, they were, one of them was like, yeah, I just started getting into the habit of during the day, just finding a bit of time, I'll pick up the guitar, I'll sit for 20 minutes and I'll just strum away the guitar and, and it's really sort of like helped because it just gives me that break. In the classroom, I don't think we really get that break because you're classroom teaching, quick break, run to the toilet, make a cup of tea, try and drink it whilst it's too hot, get back down to the classroom, get your line in. Then it's lunchtime. And if you're in, in a leadership position, you might be on lunch duty. If you're in the classroom, then you're quickly marking jotters. You're trying to get things done because you've got a staff meeting or you're trying to get away on time or all these things. So there's uh, that sitting in the staff room chatting, which I think was meant to rest for a lot of people. We, we lost a lot of that with COVID just in terms of yeah. people got out of the habit of going and sitting down.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where like in our school day, it's to the extent that we can and I don't want to come across as patronising or out of touch when I say this but it's as much as we can factoring in those little breaks for ourselves. you know whether that is saying I'm going to the base or the department base or the staff room or whatever it is just for 20 minutes of my lunch break or I'm going to walk to the shop and get something or I'm going to go and walk around like the school grounds and it's just factoring in those little breaks to let yourself decompress a little bit. You can do it with other people as well, or you can do it yourself. It's just the 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 adage of a change is a good, as good as a rest exists for a reason, you know? You're so
0: it's... <clears throat> Sorry, on one go... of my favorite things that happened in the school with this time of year, we used to get to about this time of year where everyone's shattered. And one of the people I work with would quite often make toast in the staff room at break time for everyone just in you come to the staff room, there's a couple weeks left and there was just the smell of toast and toast and it was just like, that's what I need. So if you're listening to the podcast, take in a slice of bread, a loaf of bread and just make some toast for the staff room. You You will be a hero.
1: Absolutely. I love how often our recommendations come down to food, Andrew. We're going to get ourselves a reputation. Um, There is, so there's there's a third, well, there's seven types of rest that I'm going to kind of introduce you to here. The third one is... Probably the one that is, I'm just going to sound completely contradictory because I've just said I've been listening to podcasts constantly, but the third one is the one that I quite often find myself in need of, particularly weeks where I'm delivering online a lot. Um, Maybe that's why I've been listening to podcasts so much, because I've not been online so much, I've been in person recently, so... But the third type of rest is sensory. Sorry, everybody's just getting like my ramblings from inside my brain today, guys. This is what happens when I'm tired. The coherence of my thoughts becomes a little bit more scattered. I was saying to Andrew earlier on, my filter has gone because I'm tired. Um, so yeah, I'll just I'll try and behave myself today better than I've behaved myself in a couple of situations this week.
0: (laughs) I know that my wife's sensory rest is the one that Sue Ellen really really needs sometimes, and she'll say because. she'll come in and see if a television's on and there's a phone on and there's noise from a, a, a games console or something like that. She will just be, there's too much going on. Um, and yeah. so, so that is it. Something needs to be switched off or she's like, you know what? I just need to, to like put something down, switch something off, go outside for 10 minutes. I will deliver a session. I'll stop talking to you. I'll pick up my phone and read it on the way to the kitchen, to the next screen. So I, I sensory rest is, is a real overload. I get sore eyes. I think sometimes I'm like, I've just looked at stuff for too long.
1: Yeah, I think I get sore eyes, I get sore head, I get touched out. And I think if you work in early years and primary schools, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you're the parent of youngest children, see just being touched all the time. Like every time I sit down, my kids are on me, you know, which is lovely. And I'll miss it when they're bigger. So don't come at me with that. I'll enjoy them while they're young. So I do enjoy them while they're young. Sometimes I just wish they would not touch me all of the time. But I definitely have had moments. In fact, there was a moment not that long ago where one kid was on the switch. One was watching something on YouTube. My husband was listening to a podcast. I'd been cooking. So the extraction fan of Doom was on and the washing machine was on. And I just had this moment where I was like, I just need to get out of here. I just need to get out for a little while. And I pretty much just put my shoes on, said to my husband, I'll be back in half an hour. And I just went for a walk. No, and I'm Make really lucky so I'm in the middle of nowhere, but I was just like out there and I it just needed that brain switch off time. So I think sensory rest is something, especially if we are teaching all day, in contact with people all day, dealing with a million emails like the number of people that I meet in well, schools in general, but particularly in like guidance and pastoral who are reactive all day rather than having a nice set timetable that they follow a lot of the time. They're just dealing with what comes in. Sensory rest is incredibly important just to let our brain settle down a little bit.
0: Yeah. I, I completely, I can see that. The thing is, I, sometimes it's acknowledging that. So hopefully that's maybe something when you've mentioned it just to refresh my mind of because I'll come in tired and I'll go and lie down and because I'm tired, I'll scroll on my phone, which is the exact opposite of what I need to do at that point. I'm trying to switch off, but I'm switching off in the wrong way. Maybe I'm resting in the the wrong kind of way.
1: You know what you need to do in that moment is you need to put on Harry Styles' Sleep Story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll look it up.
1: (laughs) You'll love it. I'm sure the Spice Girls do one too as well. You'll you'll find one. Uh, um, What's the other
0: types of rest, Alice? So you are giving us a couple. There's four
1: more. So one uh, or number four is creative rest. So this is just the rest and enjoyment and engagement that we get by doing something creative and that can be drawing or writing or painting or baking or building or just doing something that engages that kind of creative quality and um, the reason that we experience so much flow that kind of feeling of being completely in the zone when we're doing something creative is because we get absorbed in it and when we're very busy right being busy and being in flow are not the same thing and being in flows when we're utterly engaged in something that we're doing where we're using all of those different faculties our higher order thinking skills we feel like we're being productive we feel like we're making a difference being busy is often a symptom of sort of being stretched too thin so creative rest is about deliberately immersing ourselves in something that is creative and that gives us just that creative outlet and for everybody that's different like for for me, I love to bake and I love to cook, so that's quite often my kind of wind down is sort of creating something. Usually because I haven't had time to go to the shop. Of oh, let's play kitchen covered roulette. What are we having for dinner tonight, folks? Um, and getting to like be creative in that way. Sometimes it's baking and making a beautiful cake. But um, for you, you're you're a creative little critter. So what's your uh, what what's your creative rest? Well,
0: I, I like cooking as well, so cooking is certainly one. Um and there was a wee period a few like months ago of doing a jigsaw. Like I just got into that, that jigsaw, like the focus, I'm not sure that's creative maybe to the same extent though, no, but certainly sort of sitting, doing something and focusing on it. Um, I do love listening to music and just getting into that moment. i I think sometimes the podcast recording is creative rest I think that's a wee gap where we sit and there's just there's no other distraction because we're recording so the phone's like yeah. I'm trying not to to be distracted I was when you were describing creative rest that's what I was thinking of I was think I think I'm having some creative rest just now this is a, yeah. a, a different experience to everything else that we do in the course of a week.
1: And it was interesting actually because one of the conversations that we had before we started recording is oh well, we're both totally knackered. And then we kind of went, oh, but we just leave it this week? And then I think we both went, no, we need it, you know? So I, I think we're at the stage where, like, it's lovely having so many listeners and so many people, like, talking to us and all of that kind of thing about the podcast. But for, for me, knew the reason that we started this was so that we had this time just to sit and to chat and i uh, absolutely agree actually like record there you go there's our there's our um prescription for this week for we just start recording a podcast and it'll be you'll be fine Um i think creative no, rest
0: yeah, you have those afternoons in the primary school where you would just—it was art and some music, and everyone's just that—that that perfect like day and afternoon in the school where everyone comes away feeling good, even though it's been quite calm and relaxed. I suppose that's that sort of creative, creativity and creative rest that that we need.
1: And it's the thing that gets pushed out so quickly when we're tired. You, you, you can see it from a budgetary perspective, you know, like the arts are often the first thing to get cut when there's problems with budgets or when we're feeling a little bit like sort of tight financially ourselves, it's those trips to the cinema or going out to see music that goes away. But actually those are really important experiences for humans. It's how we bond with each other. So there's a social element to it sometimes, but it's actually just that immersion music is a brilliant example as well. But what the fifth one is is emotional rest and this is quite um uh, as, as probably one of the trickier ones to explain in many ways because obviously we all have emotions all of the time some of us are very aware of them and very in tune with them others are better at hiding from them and hoping that they go away but emotional rest is really about the recognition that first of all, it's okay to feel whatever that we're feeling, you know, whether we're in a good place, whether we're not in a good place, but sometimes we need to be able to say, okay, I feel this way. What can I do about it? Do I just need to sit in it and feel it for a little while? Or do I need to go and distract myself from it? Or is just acknowledging that I feel tired or frustrated or excited or depressed or a little bit anxious enough to give you the distance from the emotion because emotions are kind of we we feel them right we feel those emotions in our body we feel them in different ways in our body and in different places although some of them are universal like the intensity that we experience emotions at is different so if we've had a really emotional time then we need to be able to say that's been quite hard that's been quite difficult and then almost give ourselves the permission to say I'm allowed to not be that productive today or it's okay if I just sit and stay out the window for a little while and either sit in the emotion or let your mind wander away from it and it's something like quite often when we experience something like grief I've got a friend who's just lost her grandmother this last week and I saw her on Monday Um, and when I was speaking to her she was like I'm just I just don't quite feel like I'm all here right now and i was just like it's all it's okay that you don't feel like you're all here right now you know when we experience those more difficult emotions whether that's through grief or whether that's through other difficulties or challenges that we're dealing with in our life being able to acknowledge that emotion is really important but also being able to say that was quite tough i need to switch off for a little while and i use i use grief as an example here because in many ways Grief is, I don't want to say predictable because everybody's experience of grief is different, but there are phases of it that we can sort of acknowledge that there are t- time periods over which we come to terms with things, and there's time periods over which we obviously can come back and hit us, it's like waves, you know, it can come and it can go. But if we've been going through something difficult or challenging and we've been really emotionally charged for a long period of time, actually recognizing, I I'm allowed to switch off I'm allowed to not be productive and um, we get an awful lot of guilt associated with a lack of productivity it's a beautiful product of living in a capitalist society you know we attach our self-worth and our value to how productive we are um in a teaching setting you know, it's how much can we do how many things have we volunteered for how many working groups am I on how many amazing projects am I running or you know, the list goes on and on and on actually if we're constantly attaching our worth and our value to how productive we are then we never give ourselves the chance to rest it's why people like quite often I'll meet people and go I just can't sit still I need to be doing something I need to be cleaning or I need to be doing this or I need to be doing that and you know what some of us do need to be busy I'm generally a busy person but there's also days where I need to curl up in my bed and hide from the world for a day or two and sleep and nap and live exclusively on rice crispies just to give my brain time to switch off for a little while
0: when you talk about that it's sometimes why I think sad songs are just so important because there's just sometimes we need the emotion and you know what I'm going to listen to that song because it's just going to allow me to feel that emotion for a moment or, or movies that that you can sort of relate to at certain points I lived with a girl once she went to um she went to watch Time Traveller's Wife I think it was Time Traveler's Wife at the cinema and she was just dead upset after watching I think she was dead emotional came home watched The Notebook and then mm. took the next day off work like <laughs>
1: but <laughs> well, the thing is what well, like, your emotions can get blocked right yeah. if we keep her busy even though we know we're tired or like i'm a terrible one like i will i i my one of my friends laughs at me she says i'm our most normal friend apart from when i have my nervous breakdown every like six to eight months and um, she says you're like the calmest most chilled most relaxed deal with problems and then all of a sudden just I don't know something daft will happen I was go, gonna cry now I'm just gonna cry for like two days solid and they're like oh I'm fine again uh, for me it's Grey's Anatomy or PS I love you like if I if I'm feeling I'll say to my husband I know I need a cry I just I don't know what I need to cry about but I need a cry and he's like oh god just go go and have a bath and watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy and come back when you're in a better when you're in a better was- place
0: Titanic yeah. for me. I went to university in Leeds and when I was missing home, I think it was Titanic. I would watch not the whole movie, just from when it hits the iceberg, like the second yeah. half of the movie. <laughs> it was it was just <laughs> that's what I needed. And um, oh uh, yeah, there are those moments where you just need the emotional rest and giving yourself the time and the space to do that to just just yeah give yourself that reset. Sometimes you have that. It's just building up inside you and you have a good cry and then you're like, do you know what? I, I'm I'm fine now. I'm fine some, some for the moment.
1: I think we've spoken about needing a vent before you know we have those friends or colleagues that you can just go I just need to get this off my chest it's the same thing you know it's just it's energy that needs somewhere to go and if you just hold it inside then it exhausts you so that emotional rest can be finding an outlet for that it can be acknowledging that you're feeling away or it can be not beating yourself up for just kind of being a sloth for a day or two
0: I think it might have been P.S. I Love You. She went to watch it at the cinema. I don't think it was the time travel side, but I think it was P.S. I Love You in The Notebook. I think that's a I bad thing. I she... started
1: crying at the beginning of that film and just cried the entire way through, so much so that I had to watch it again because I had no idea what actually happened. But yeah, yeah, it's good to, it's good to have those go-tos that can just give you that release yeah. sometimes. Um, This is is random, there's a particular road that I drive, um, having driven all over the country for this job for for many, many moons. There's a particular road that I drive from my house when I'm going down to Manchester, which is a kind of a real country road to get over onto the M74 from where I live. Um, And it's one of those like epic drives, as long as you can see, you know, because quite often if it's misty, it's like a terrifying drive, but on a nice clear sunny day, it's like big mountains and you feel very, very small. And talking about music, there was a song came on the radio one day as I was driving up. I think I was driving home from Manchester after like a seriously busy period of work. Um, And this song came on at the bottom of this road and I started crying. And I was like, I, I had to pull over because I was crying so much. And then I was like, I'm going to listen to that song again. And I listened to this song on repeat all the way up this road. And by the time I got home, I felt like a new person, you know? So uh, now every time I drive down that road or up that road on my own, I'm like, do I need to cry? I'll have a little check in with myself. Do I need a little, do I need to let some of this out?
0: Now, everyone wants me to ask you what the song was.
1: Oh God, what was it? You
0: know, you'll have to to find it out and tell us.
1: I think it was a song called Jar of Hearts. Oh, yeah. Which then yeah. got ruined because it became Jar of Farts. So it doesn't have quite the same. <laughs> but for some reason, that day, that song sent me over the edge. And I don't know why.
0: That's I'm sometimes kidding, that yeah. happens. Just catches you. Yeah.
1: Uh huh.
0: Oh, there's so that many it. moments and so many yeah. moments that that's happened in my life. Or, or you just catch, you go through and say, it, it's just, my wife's just like crying. Like, what's happened? <laughs> just this video. Like, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just need it. I used to go yeah. to staff meetings. There was a period when I started my job as a principal teacher where every staff meeting, that's what I felt like. I just felt like, I think I might just cry in this meeting. Right. It
1: was the practice. first time I sat down. I was watching the finale of the most recent Grey's Anatomy um, series this week and my husband cannot stand Grey's Anatomy, but he knows fine well that he just needs to leave me to it to watch it. But it was like getting all emotional. He literally just went, oh, here comes the cry at the same storyline that you've heard 400,000 times while watching all of these characters die. I was just like, oh, oh, oh. I was like shut up, let me just have my moment, okay. <laughs> um, I, th- I think what I'm establishing today, Andrew, is maybe it's emotional rest that I'm in need of. I think I'm off to go and put on some sad music and have a big cry today. Yeah, but I like think I've,
0: I've, I've enjoyed it. Um... I've enjoyed uh, the the creative rest that we're having because I feel you've made me laugh, which is good. Right, what other types of rest?
1: So there's two more. Um, One is social rest, and that works two ways. That is sometimes people overwhelm us and we need to be left alone, you know, and like physically rest ourselves from social interactions, especially if there's difficult or challenging relationships or there's people that just take a lot of energy. I think we've all got that friend that we love, but we need to kind of psychologically prepare ourselves to spend time with them because you know you're gonna be exhausted afterwards. but there's, all, like, and, well, there's a reason that when people reach our age, Andrew, that we start doing daft things like, oh, let's go and walk up a big, massive hill this weekend. You know, like there's a there's a reason that we start finding these quite isolated ways of spending our time, because although isolation is a form of punishment when it's used to the extreme, it can also be really important for us to just get away from people sometimes, whether that's going for a walk yourself, whether that's a short walk or loping up some big hill, whether it's having a bath, whether it's just taking some time for yourself, even the commute. You know, like when I was working from home less than I do now, um, I used to really value my commute because as much as I loved everybody at work, like our office could be quite full on. You know, at one point there was like 25 of us in a shared space when everybody well half of us are performers as a job right so we are classically a great fun to be around but look at me look at me look at me look at me pay attention to me so it could be like you were in some of like cabaret comedy like improvised show all day every day it was great fun but that drive home was really important you know that quiet time where you could just switch off for a little while. And I think obviously for a lot of our listeners who are in education, so probably don't have that um the, the isolated nature that many of my clients that I work with are experiencing now that they work from home. But actually, like lots of people almost miss the commute, they maybe don't miss the commute, but they miss that time to switch off. Um so I think a little bit of it is maybe about embracing that alone time sometimes. But social rest works the other way as well. No, we have Or Most of us have people that give us energy that we choose to have in our lives, that are friends, that are family, and it's those sort of cathartic experiences with people that you love and trust and feel safe with where you can laugh, where you can cry, where you can mull stuff over, where you can rant and vent, where you can just have a brilliant time. And then as a result, we feel better. You know, like the need to to connect with humans is, is a really integral part of who we are. So sometimes that social rest is being surrounded by people. Sometimes that social rest is getting
0: away from people. My pub quiz team is definitely that getting around people and and we've missed, we've not been able to do it because we fell out of the habit of doing it but that's certainly what that is for all of us there. Um, It's about connecting being together and just laughing and and uh, we did meet up last week we won the quiz we were the champions okay. we are so so <laughs> it's still going well but i i distinctly remember when my daughter was young and it was just full on and we it was the summer holidays and it was like the last week of the summer holidays and I hadn't done anything we hadn't done anything we'd been together the whole time and I was just trying to like I didn't know the words to say it but basically all i wanted to do was get the train to Glasgow walk around Glasgow and play Pokemon Go and then just go home like that's what I wanted to do I just needed to be by myself and play Pokemon go like just that's that's what I need to do today and I'm trying to explain yeah. that to sue Ellen with like a young child and I'm just like I just I just want I just need to go like I will come <laughs> with people we'll to day out no I don't want a day out I just want to go around and play Pokemon oh. Oh,
1: I think <laughs> I'm I might an adult.
0: Have told you. I'm an adult as well <laughs>
1: Uh, I think I might have told you this before but there's a phrase in our house which has has sort of come from something that I said once that my husband then tried to repeat and didn't quite get right there's a day where I was I think I was exhausted I was touched out I was like physically tired emotionally tired I was grumpy the kids were doing my head in and it was that like kind of because of the age of my kids, they're going to that bed a little bit later. So that gap between dinner and bedtime was kind of stretched out. It used to be dinner, bedtime, stories, go, boom. Everybody's bed by seven, but now they're getting that wee bit older. I had this like weird gap of time. And I was I was at that point where I, I was like, I was ready to just lose it at all of them. Um, and I went, do you know what? Mummy just needs to go and have a grumpy bath. And my husband's like, what are you talking about? I'm grumpy. I've got a bit of time y'all are busy I'm gonna go and have a grumpy bath the next night because amusingly my husband is almost always in a bad mood the day after I've been in a bad mood I have no idea why maybe it's hormonal oh. who knows maybe it's sympathetic I don't know but he at about the same time the next day it was clearly it feeling exactly the same as I had the day before and he goes right I just need to go and have an angry bath so from that day on, it's been known as an angry bath in our house and the kids will quite often say to me, I need an angry bath or I think daddy needs an angry bath or whatever it is. So it's actually become almost this recognised thing of if we're just needing a bit of a break, you just you go and you have I like that yours
0: was just grumpy, but his was angry. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. <laughs> Mine was a grumpy bath, his was an angry bath and it'll always be known as an angry bath from now on. But you always come out of the angry bath yeah. a bit happier than you went in.
0: Leave the anger in there. Oh, bro. Yeah, absolutely. They're there, right? There's one more because you're giving us six. So what's what's there's the final? One more.
1: So the final one, and this means really different things to different people. Uh, but the final one is spiritual rest. Now, for people that are religious, that might be time in worship or time with God. For people who are not religious. And I definitely fall into this category it's more about serving something bigger than yourself you know like the reason that we do voluntary work the reason we sign up for the PTA or the fundraising group or end up running around dressed as a giraffe um is because we're doing something that serves something bigger than ourselves you know we feel like we're making a bigger contribution or a contribution to something that is bigger than ourselves and spiritual rest is, it kind of combines a lot of them, you know, and I think the word spiritual can often like for can often alienate people that are not religious, but I, I really don't want to do that. You know, like for people who are religious, I think often they find this a much easier process because they have particular practices that they put into place probably quite regularly and they have places of worship or sort of processes or things that they go through in terms of like being able to think about things or connect to like a church community or whatever it might be for people that are not religious it's recognizing that spiritual rest is really all about community and about connection which is different to social right it's different to like having a laugh with your mates it's really about doing something purposeful that is something that you enjoy or sometimes you might not necessarily enjoy it there were definitely times mid sweaty giraffe moment that I was like what am I doing but seeing the looks on kids faces um, as they saw this big inflatable giraffe bumble their way towards it have and they'd all beaten me you know like that gives you a special sort of warm fuzzy glow yeah Um, and it's just finding whatever that is for you and it's different for for everybody.
0: So we've got physical rest is one thing that the, the listeners may need. The one thing that their hosts may need. It may be physical, it may be mental, it may be creative, it may be social, it may be sensory, it may be spiritual. And there was one more I think I it missed It might out. be
1: emotional is the one oh, that you missed out there.
0: Imagine me missing that one as well. So and and Alice,
1: the you can stack these together, right? If I'm needing sensory rest and some physical passive rest or active rest I can go for a walk you know I stack those two things together if I'm needing creative and social rest I'll invite my friends over for dinner I'll cook we'll have that time together you know it's 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 not about oh it is now time for this one or that one sometimes we need all of them sometimes we need some of them I think I said earlier I probably need emotional rest right now But I'm also in need of social rest, you know, and this gives me a bit of social rest and creative rest when I'm with you. Tomorrow night, my pals are coming over for dinner, so I'll get a bit of that there. But it's really about awareness, you know, and it's about recognising that, yes, you're tired. And of course, at this time of year, for all of our education colleagues, you're more than just tired. You're knackered. You're potentially on your knees. You might just be crawling to the finish line at the moment. But it's about having the self-awareness of, right, what is the sort of sen- sort of rest that I need? Because um, it's easy to say, I just need more sleep. But actually, if you lie in bed all day, every day, then you start to feel a bit rubbish about yourself. And we, yes, we might be better rested, but we also need to be saying, how do I get those other bits shoehorned in there as well?
0: So hopefully that gives a wee insight or a wee idea as to how to get through the next couple of weeks because there will be lots going on it's a very exciting time but it's a very tiring one so hopefully there's there's lots in there to to look after each other look after yourselves and just make sure you're getting the type of rest which is needed you're gonna get any rest i'm gonna go get some rest my mum's picking the they kids go, up from school today what are you so uh, I, I think i would love to go to the cinema but don't have the time to do that so i might just go stick on something and watch it for a wee while i think i just need to. I think I just need to sit on the sofa, eat something, sit there, relax. A bit of bit of physical, like I just need to be in one place. I might go for a nap. I should go for a nap. I actually need a nap. So I'm not going to do that. I'll go put on Harry Styles.
1: There you go. And well, it's fair to say that Harry Styles' bedtime story will make everybody better. Um, I'm pretty sure like uh, this is this this podcast is in no way sponsored by the cam app but if, uh,
0: <laughs> if they want to sponsor us if they want
1: to sponsor us it's absolutely fine but yeah i highly recommend i use it for the kids and everything and um, they they have different stories although i think my daughter is suddenly coming around to the um the attraction of harry styles but yeah i can recommend have- harry styles sleep story <laughs>
0: We have a couple of exciting guests that we're talking to in the next couple of weeks. We'll have a couple of more episodes before the summer break. So hopefully if you've enjoyed, keep listening away, keep sharing the podcast tweet us, it's lovely to see when we get messages um, from people who are listening in, so please get in contact, you can contact us on Twitter, all the information is on the episode info, andrewh or I think it's at alice underscore beverage, would that be right? That
1: is right, yep, yeah. and to go proper primary school teacher on everybody, your homework for today is to go and find just half an hour to go and indulge in whatever type of rest it is that you need.
0: Thank you so much, Alice, it's been a pleasure.
1: Lovely to see. I definitely feel better rested now than I did uh, an hour ago.
0: See you later.
1: (laughs) See you soon.